When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program, sponsored by Fundraising University. And I'm super excited to bring you tonight nine lessons learned from nine of college baseball's greatest coaches. We're going to take a look inside my experience with Skip Burton, Mike Bianco, Augie Garrido, Tim Corbin, Eric Backich, Cliff Godwin, Pat Casey, and Jim Schlossnagel as we look inside of those programs at what makes those great coaches great. What are the things that I've learned from working either closely with that coach in their program, from interviewing them for my Mental Performance Mastery podcast, but what is it that you can take as a coach that I've learned from being around these juggernauts in college baseball that you can take and use? Nine lessons from nine of college baseball's best coaches in a ton of strategies that you can use. So make sure as you either watch this video on YouTube or if you're just listening to the podcast in the Coaching Matters podcast, that you have a notebook and you take notes. Also, know that if you head to briancanecom slash nine lessons, I'll send you all the slides from this presentation. I'll also make sure that I send you uh, additional resources that I talk about during the call, as well as some resources I picked up from each coach that I failed to mention during the call. Because do anything you just can't do everything sometimes some of the things i want to share with you i forget to mention in the call but let's pick it up here coaching matters you can join all future calls by simply going to briancanecom slash coaching dash matters get on our email list to notify you of all the upcoming coaching matters free group coaching calls where you can learn the strategies to help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be just click on the link below you can join Let's go pick up those nine lessons from nine of college baseball's best coaches. All right, super excited for tonight's Coaching Matters group coaching program. I first want to welcome everyone to the Coaching Matters group coaching podcast sponsored by Fundraising University. I'd like to take the time to say thank you to any current Fundraising University coaches and administrators joining us on the call this evening. As you know, Fundraising University is the top high school fundraising company in the United States, helping to raise over $150 million for programs since its inception in 2009. Now on tonight's Coaching Matters group coaching call, we're going to break down nine lessons learned from nine of college baseball's top coaches. So I'm going to share my screen, take us through a presentation I put together for tonight, which I'm super excited about. So again, tonight we're talking about nine lessons from nine of baseball's best coaches. And if you go to briancane.com slash nine lessons, I'm going to basically send you an email uh, summary of each of these lessons. So you have, you have something to come back to. So uh, first are three rules of engagement for tonight. And if you get, if you want to screenshot these, you're happy to do so. I will send you a copy of these slides uh, as a PDF when we send you the, the link here when you go to briancane.com slash nine lessons. So three rules of engagement. I like to use these as a, a way to kickstart kind of every session that I run. Also use them when I'm working with teams. The first rule of engagement is called callbacks. And it's a little different when you're using callbacks versus being in public where you're, or when you're with people in person. But a callback, if I said something like don't count the days, you would say, make the days count. If I said something like, it's the start that does what? You might say, it's the start that stops most people, right? So I like to use callbacks as a way to make sure that, that people are kind of staying engaged in the conversation. So tonight, if I ask you to use a callback, you might just do it on your own in the room that you're in. Also, if tonight I feel like there's an important point I wanna make, my second rule of engagement is to use the technique I say, check in, you point back at me and say, all in. So let's practice and you can keep your mic off. So you just say it to yourself, check in, all in. And when you use this with your athletes, what this means is I'm asking you to be all into the present moment. I'm asking you to be all in where your feet are. So to get started, one of the things we can do, if you want to stand up, if you're not driving and you want to do this, is go ahead and stand up. And I want you to rock forward on your toes, back on your heels. 
forward on your toes, back on your heels until you find a place that you feel like your feet are flat on the ground. And when you feel like those feet are flat on the ground, now pull the shoulders back, stand tall. I want you to imagine there's a string pulling your head straight up. Inhale. Exhale. Be present. Be where your feet are. The greatest gift that you can give to tonight's Coaching Matters call, the greatest gift you can give to your family, the greatest gift you can give to your team is your presence. So as you, as you stand tall, I want you just to go ahead now and close your eyes, pull those shoulders back, get big. I want you to inhale through your nose for a count of six, hold for two, and then exhale for eight. In for six, hold for two, exhale for eight. Now, as you open up your eyes, when I say check in, I want you to point at me and say all in, check in, all in. And when you are all in, it means I'm all in where my feet are. I'm all into what's happening right now. I'm engaged with what's happening in this present moment. And then the last call rule of engagement, feel free to take a seat is we're going to bring the juice, right? Because if you're juiceful, you're useful. And there's three levels of juice, level three, level five, and level eight. And when you're coaching, you have to be able to bring the juice at all different levels, level three, level five, level eight, to keep people engaged. And my goal tonight is over on this ride, we're going to go through with tonight's coaching matters, group coaching call, about nine lessons from nine of the best college baseball coaches I've ever worked with. I want to share with you specifically what those nine lessons are. Now, what I want, to, what I would do if we were together in person, it's one of my favorite activities, is to play a game called rock, paper, scissors, right? So here's one of the things you can do with your team. I always want to give you some actionable items. And when you are with your team and you can play rock, paper, scissors, so play with me here, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, you got it. Let's hit it again. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Normally when you play rock, paper, scissors, let's say you beat me, I'd sit down. Well, that ain't bringing the juice. So with your team, if you beat me, I become the juice machine for you. So let's say that Jerry beats me. I'm coming, I'm walking behind Jerry going, let's go, Jerry, drop that rock. Slide that paper, man. Use those scissors. Let's go, Jerry. Let's go, Jerry. And I'm bringing Jerry the heat. And let's say Jerry then turns and he loses to Mike. Well, now Jerry and I become the juice machine for Mike. And as you're doing this rock, paper, scissors tournament, what you'll get with your team is two people squaring off for that day or whenever you do it, that moment's rock, paper, scissors championship, juice machine on one side, juice machine on this side, and the energy is going through the roof. And when they finish, you have the one winner and everybody's there in the room. And what you say to them is this, you say, hey, when you lost in rock, paper, scissors, what'd you do? You brought more energy. Well, why is it then if we were watching an NCAA basketball tournament game, we covered the score and turn the volume down and watch the floor, we could pretty much tell 80% of the time or more who's winning based off of the energy. Because what happens is we let energy be a byproduct of our performance instead of letting energy be the catalyst for our performance. So one of the things that the nine coaches I've been around, one of the best things that they do is they bring the juice. Speaking of bring the juice, let me, I want to share with you kind of my story and how I got to where I am today. So I grew up in a small town in the northwest corner of Massachusetts. I went to a high school called Mount Greylock. Went from there, got a scholarship to play baseball at the University of Vermont, where I was probably college baseball's worst player, or should I say college baseball's highest player. And I got my number retired. So if you clap it up for me real quick, maybe you've heard this piece before. But the reason why I got my number retired at Vermont was they cut the baseball program. No more baseball at Vermont. And I'm college baseball's highest paid player because of the scholarship I was on. I think I figured it out. I maybe pitched 20 innings when I was in college. So I probably made about $3,000 an inning because I underperformed grossly. And I went on a mission to find out why did I underperform. And that mission of trying to find out why I underperformed met me a guy named Ken Revisa, author of the book, Heads Up Baseball. He was a professor at Cal State Fullerton, where I then went to do my master's. And before I went to Fullerton, I went from Vermont to the Cape Cod League, coached for one year in the summer with the Ketuit Ketaliers, went to Cal State Fullerton. And as I'm there at Cal State Fullerton, you know, then what happens is uh, we win the national championship in 2004. I go back to Vermont. I'm a high school athletic director. Dave Serrano, the baseball coach at Fullerton, gets the job at UC Irvine. He brings me into Irvine. That summer, he's on the Team USA staff with the coach at TCU, Jim Schlossnagel, the coach at Vanderbilt, Tim Corbin. So I pick up Irvine, TCU, Fullerton. 
And then from there, it's just taken off over the course of the last 20 years or so. Uh, and here's, you know, some of the teams I've been privileged to work with from the Texas Rangers, Washington Nationals, Team USA, Team Russia, Team Netherlands, to almost every, you know, conference in, in college baseball. And one of the things, you know, that I attribute it to is I attribute it to this man right here, Dr. Ken Revisa. And one day I picked up his book, July 4th, 2000, I walk into a Barnes and Noble, Boston, Massachusetts, and I pick up the book, Heads Up Baseball. And as I pick up that book, Heads Up Baseball, I sent Ken Revisa an email. Two years later, I'm in his grad program. About 10 years later, I'm in the dugout with TCU. He's in the dugout with Vanderbilt at Dodger Stadium. Dream of mine come true, being across the field from Ken Revisa. And then at the ABCA convention one year, uh, we held a little breakout session, and I helped facilitate a question and answer with Ken Revisa. And it's moments like that, right? Moments like picking up a book, moments like a question and answer session like this that can change your life. And I'm a big believer in the power of moments. In some of the moments I've had with some of the top coaches in college baseball, whether it's this collection of coaches here, whether it's this collection of coaches here, I've been very, very blessed and fortunate to learn a lot by studying and working with and interviewing and getting to know these coaches. And what I want to do tonight is I want to take these nine coaches and I want to break down lessons that I've learned from these nine coaches that you can take and you can use in your program as a coach. So let's start with Skip Burtman. Skip Burtman was at LSU. He won five national championships there. He's the author of a book and a program called Winning the Big One. And the biggest lesson I learned from Skip is he would say, without a vision, your people, your program, and your career will perish. So creating a vision for your athletes, a vision of what their best performance looked like, a vision of what it looks like for you to be at your best coach in 2022, a vision for what it looks like for you to win the day. And as Skip Bertman, I remember being in May of 2013, I'm at LSU with the old Miss baseball program. I'm working with them at the time. We're playing LSU that day. They're dedicating the field to Skip Bertman. Now the head coach at Ole Miss at the time is a guy named Mike Bianco. Mike coached with and played for Skip at LSU was part of three of those national championship teams. I said, Mike, I love to sit down and interview Skip. It'd be like me interviewing a hero of mine. Can we make that happen? No, no sooner does Skip come walking down. He's in the dugout. Mike, great to see you. Mike goes, hey, Skip, can I introduce you to Brian Kane? He's a student of Ken's. You were a student of Ken's. I'd love to talk with you. So I sit for the entire Friday night game for nine innings with Skip Bertman in the locker room, grilling him with questions. And one of the questions I asked him, was a question called the million dollar question. And if you'd write this down, I think it's a great question to ask people. What do you know now you wish you knew then? I said, Skip, what do you know now you wish you knew when you were a first year coach? He looked at me and he said, Brian, the thing I know now that I wish I knew when I took the job here at LSU, is he says, everything happens twice. At this time we were in the dugout before we went out in, uh, back into the locker room. And he said, as I came here from the University of Miami, I sat in this dugout before my interview. I looked out at the stadium. I made a list of 200 things that I was going to do to make LSU the best program in college baseball. He points into right field. He says, from building the jumbotron, the biggest scoreboard in college baseball, the intimidator down the right field line. To the playground, you see down the left field line that has a net over it so that parents, when they're playing with their kids, don't have to worry about their kid getting hit with a foul ball. He goes to today. He points to the scoreboard puts his hand on my leg and he goes, today, the 220th one came true. And it was, kid you not, the day they were dedicating the field to Skip Bertman Field. He said to me, Brian, everything happens twice, first in your mind, then in reality, without a vision, your people, your program, and your career will perish. So I want to encourage you as a takeaway, right? I want this call to be full of strategies and things that you can do. And as a coach, one of the things you have to do is you have to create a vision for your players, for your program, and most importantly, for yourself, because you cannot give away that which you don't have. So if you're not doing visualization for yourself, you're going to be less likely to do it with your program. But create a vision of where are we going? What does it look like? One of the things that Skip would say, he'd say anything that you can vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically act upon must, absolutely must, come come to pass. So a couple of things with Skip that I think could be beneficial. 
you know, this interview, I'm going to put out some video clips of that interview and the key things he said, which was awesome. Uh, he has a program called winning the big one. And, you know, I'll send you information on that. Uh, if you go to briancanecom slash nine lessons, uh, one of the things I want to give you in the email follow-up after this call is a book that Skip and I wrote called Winning the Big One about motivation and team building. So again, if you go to briancanecom slash nine lessons, we'll send you that in a PDF form. Other thing, if you get the, if you somehow can get the SEC network, there's a great documentary about Skip right now and a team building activity he would do called Holding the Rope tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, piece on skip that I would encourage you to check out. And basically the story about hold the rope and you could do this with your team is he would take a rope and he would throw it over his desk and he would call his players and he'd say, you know, uh, Jacob, if you were hanging off of a cliff and the only thing that was going to save you from falling to your sure death was the person on the other end of the rope, who would you want on that rope? And people would say, I want my dad or I want my brother or I want, you know, uh, some big strong person to pull me up over that. And then he would always come back to the team. He'd say, look, fellas, the day that we're going to take massive steps towards where we want to be is that anybody on the end of that rope, it says LSU across their chest. It doesn't matter who it is. And I've used this strategy with a lot of teams where we take a rope, we might paint the rope, our school colors, hang it up in a dugout, put it in the locker room, put it on a bench. It's in your office, wherever it is. And you come back to holding the rope that I trust my teammates. I know my teammates are all in to the point where they're either going to go with me or they're going to pull me back up. And you create that vision through a physical tool like a rope that allows your players and your program to come, to come together around an idea such as hold the rope or an idea of everything happens twice, but we create that vision for them. Here's a look of them dedicating the field to skip. If you vividly imagine, ardently desire, sincerely believe, and enthusiastically act upon it every day, it will come to pass. Most important word is we. Skip Burtman, the legend, now has a statue in the new Legacy Plaza right next to Alex Fox Stadium and, of course, Skip Burtman Field. Burtman led the LSU baseball team to five national championships and seven SEC championships. He coached for 18 seasons and still holds the mark for highest winning percentage in the SEC. It's building the program and, you know, teaching all us guys that had a chance to play for him how to be young men and uh, be, you know, responsible in the community and be great ball players. All right, so I love that. And even in the SEC at the highest level, Skip's still teaching them how to be a better person through baseball. And I think that's what I love about Coaching Matters and the Coaching Matters Foundation and what we're doing with Fundraising University and the support of their CEO, Mike Bahoon, is we're helping you as coaches make one key distinction. Here's the key distinction. Please write this down. Move from transactional to transformational. Transactional coaching is, hey, you show up, we give you a uniform, you give me wins transformational coaching is you show up and give us four years and we give you 40 in return. We change your life. And a person who had his life changed by playing for and working, working with coach Bertman was Mike Bianco, the baseball coach at Ole Miss takes us to our second lesson here tonight. And the thing I learned from working with Mike, who I've been a, been a part of the Ole Miss program kind of on and off since 2009 in our first year together where we won the SEC championship. And a lot of my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients now in, in professional baseball are former Ole Miss Rebs. And the thing that Coach Bianco would say is he'd say systems, stories, Rebs in the next 200 feet. You see, Mike realized that by creating systems – you create speed and you create consistency, a system for how, how our at-bat preparation goes, a system or a routine for how we do the national anthem, a system or a routine for how we practice and the flow of our practice. And the more systematic you are, the better chance you have to achieve your goals. So one of the things I want you to take away as we talk about Coach Bianco is systems lead to goals. Goals are the outcome I want. Win a national championship, win a state championship, become a varsity head coach. The system is what you do daily to get there. And that system allows you to create speed and consistency. Now, part of the system at Ole Miss is how Coach Bianco would talk about teaching mindset through story. And he picked this up, obviously, obviously from Skip. But here's the power of a story, a mindset you're trying to build into your program. You're going to hear Coach Bianco tell a story about a guy named Jack Weimer.
Jake Weimer was a guy, not a tall guy, about my height, but he weighed almost 300 pounds. And kept seeing a doctor, and he said, hey, you're, you're not going to live a long life, man. You got, got to go on a diet. You got to exercise. You're going to die of a heart attack, stroke, something. And, of course, you know, he wanted to. Everybody wants to have a good body, but he couldn't. His commitment wasn't good enough. And then one day, he got some bad news. His daughter, Megan, who had been feeling ill, got diagnosed with a rare kidney disease and said so she needed a kidney transplant. So the first thing they do, if that's ever happened in your family, is they test everybody in your family. Because sometimes there's somebody in your family that'll be a good match. He was the only one, Jack, in the family, the father, that could give his daughter a transplant. So he was excited, but they wouldn't operate on him. Say, you're a beast, man. We can't pull your you know, one. We may lose you on the table. And we're not going to put that kidney in your daughter. We can't do that. He said, well, how, how much time I got? I don't know, maybe six months. So in six months, Jack Weimer lost 100 pounds. And of course, you know, lost the weight, they had surgery, and the daughter got the transplant. So what's the story about? See, his commitment wasn't high enough. He wanted to, right? Just like people want to win, people want to go to Omaha, people want to play well, but his commitment wasn't great enough. Once your commitment is greater than your feelings, that's when you get results. That's when it happens for you. So what's it mean to us? You gotta be committed tonight. It's not enough just to wanna go to Omaha. You gotta commit. You gotta commit the way you committed all year. Pitch by pitch, the at-bats, the energy. When you have some bad happens to you, you gotta get big body language and be a good teammate and be selfless. You must be more committed to them tonight. Boom. I mean, so many, so many good takeaways Jack there. Green from, from coach Bianco, right. Talking about commitment greater than feelings talking about, yeah, the guy lost a, the guy didn't lose any weight until he needed to, because he found a why to save his daughter. He lost a hundred pounds in, in six months. So don't tell me what you can and can't do. Tell me about the commitment that you're going to bring to get done. Whatever needs to get done. It's it, that's the difference. The difference is whether you can or can't. The difference is, are you committed to and are you 99% committed or 100% committed? And when you take a story like that and you share it with your team, that's how you create connection. That's how you create a vision for people and people remember stories. Another thing that Coach Bianco does at Ole Miss, and you'll see this as a consistent throughout all the coaches that, that we work with here, these nine, these nine lessons, is he's talking about rebs. Rebs are the core principles of his culture. Relentless, excellence, belief, selfless. So you ask any Ole Miss baseball player, who are they? They're going to say Rebs, and they're going to give you those core principles. The next thing he'll talk about is focusing on the next 200 feet, and this is inside of their team room where they have a star over Omaha, Nebraska, a dot down here in Oxford. And they talk about we're going to, we're going to drive all the way from Oxford to Omaha. We're going to leave at midnight tonight. This is a concept you can use with your team. This might be the one thing you take off of tonight's call. My goal is to give you so many you're going, Caner, wow, that's a lot. Just take one. Be hunting for one. And he said, if we're going to drive from Oxford to Omaha, we leave at midnight tonight. I can't see all the way to Omaha, but you know what I can see? I can see the next 200 feet of the road. And if I drive the next 200 feet of the road and I drive the next 200 feet of the road and I drive the next 200 feet of the road, the next thing you know, I end up in Omaha, Nebraska. But as I'm driving the next 200 feet, there's going to be exits. I might run out of gas. So I got to make sure that I stay prepared. I'm probably going to want to stop to eat somewhere. I've got to stay locked in on what it is I need to do to get me where I want to go. Well, in 2009, when we won the SEC championship, they had 200 feet put right here on the side of the Ole Miss rings. You see, it's about creating that picture in that mindset. Now, another strategy that Coach Bianco uses, and we use this, I remember we were probably number 20 in the country at the time, we're playing the University of Florida, number one in the country. He said, we got to keep it simple. We, he goes, remember, the best team doesn't win, it's a team who plays the best. And if we're going to win, we got to keep it simple. So we use a strategy I picked up from my friend, Sean Casey. Let's take a look. Something you did on the on-deck circle that helped center you? I did, I did. You know what's great? Uh, Harvey Dorfman, who's uh, the mental game of baseball, mental keys to hitting. Kids, if you don't have the books, go get them. Mental game of baseball, mental keys to hitting by Harvey Dorfman and Carl Keel. Harvey used to tell me, when you get on the on-deck circle, write in your back, write on a note card, three things that you want to do to keep things simple. And I did. I found out. I always say to myself, see the ball, 
be easy, and hammer it. And I looked at that every, I, I would keep in my back pocket, I would come out the on-deck circle, boom, I, I'd put the weight on just like this, I'd get ready, I'd pull the card out, see the ball, be easy, hammer it. I put it back. Boom, so you see he's got those three keys, right? Sean Casey talked about see the ball, be easy, hammer it. Here's what we did at Ole Miss. And you can do this with your team, right? We took the individual offensive players. We said, what are three keys for you to keep it simple tonight? And this guy, Preston Overby, said, stay late, get jammed, my box, my time, breathe. Alex Yarbrough, get my foot down, be on time, drive the ball. We looked at it from a team standpoint, right? As a program, we got to have belief. We got to trust the process. We got to win pitches. These were our three keys. Pitching-wise, we got to own the island. I mean, a huge body language on the mound, attack the strike zone and win pitches. We did the same thing with pitchers. So um, uh, Brett Huber, it, it was up here to Chris Ellis. He said, get the ball out of my gloves, stride all the way out, and, and don't throw extra you know, curve too hard. Uh, Casey Mulholland, see the stitch in the glove, get your arm out front, compete in the game. And then we flew down here to the coaches. Let's look at Cliff Godwin, who was an assistant there. He said, energy, confidence, have a plan. So well, the thing that we take away from Coach Bianco is system, be consistent. Stories, create the picture. Rebs, know your identity. Three keys to keep it simple. Now I'm going to send out an email uh, that if you go to briancane.com slash nine lessons, I'm going to send you a podcast I did with Coach Bianco where he breaks this down in more detail. And he also allowed me during that trip to LSU to bring a camera crew and you get an inside look at college baseball's, you know, probably top mental performance program at the time. So we'll send that to you. Takes us to coach number three, Augie Garrido. Biggest lesson I took away from Coach Garrido was the process is nameless, faceless, and fearless. You probably heard him talk about that as a five-time winning national champion and in four different decades, right? 79, 84, 95, 2002, 2006, Cal State Fullerton, and in Texas, Garrido wins three national championships. He talks about the process is a nameless, faceless, and fearless opponent. Augie would always say, you never play against the other team. You're always playing against yourself, and you're playing against the game. I love that mentality. Play against yourself. The opponent is us. Play against the game. Can we execute to the best of our ability? Augie would say the process, controlling the things we can control, that's the process to winning. Now, two, two videos I'm going to send you when you go to briancane.com slash nine lessons. I'm going to send you a documentary piece on one of their national championships from CSTV, uh, old, old school Texas training camp. And I'm going to send you a thing called Inning by Inning, a Portrait of a Coach. One of Augie's books, Life is Yours to Win, is definitely one I would encourage you to read. Let's take a look here at this quick video about Coach Garrido. I'm here to give as a teacher. Don't turn into a fan, you're a teammate. Going pitch to pitch, doing the little things. It's about the process, not about the result. So it's just boom, boom. The brilliance is really in the player. The magic is in you. Right, so we're talking about the, the, the process and sticking to it on a consistent basis. So to send you these things, I'm going to send you uh, inning by inning, I'm going to send you that whole documentary from CSTV. If you go to, if you go to Amazon, getting a book, life is yours to win. It's tremendous. If you're a baseball coach on this call, it's basically heads up baseball and Augie's Augie's words. So those are some of the lessons from Augie Greedo that we picked up about the process is nameless. It's fearless and it's faceless play against yourself in the game. Now, before we dive into coach Tim Corbin here, uh, one of the things I want to do is open up our chat and just kind of have a quick conversation here. Again, is uh, if you go to briancane.com slash nine lessons, you can get all the resources we're talking about here tonight. The other thing I want to make available now as we're doing this as part of the Coaching Matters program is if you go to briancane.com slash coaching dash matters dash free, posted that inside of the chat, if you copy that link, is I'm giving away a free 30-minute coaching session for a coach to use either for yourself or for your team. All you have to do is go to that form and fill that out. It's basically like entering a raffle. And then tonight after the call, we'll pick the winner and I will, I will notify you that you've won and we can set that 30-minute call for you to use however you want to use. So that's, that's the uh, um, a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session. And again, I just want to take time uh, to recognize Fundraising University and their owner, Mike Bahoon, is the official sponsor for the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast. And current coaches, if you'd like to be a Coaching Matters ambassador coach and earn five to $20,000 part-time, just contact Mike Bahoon at mbahoon at fundraisingu.net. I'll post that email here 
inside of the chat. And those are going to our, wait, our waiting room participants. Fantastic. So let me post that again. Here's Coach Bahoon's email address. Also going to post a link to our coaching matters and then post a link to the nine lessons. So those are some things that you can go to to get more resources. And again, special thanks to Mike Bahoon and Fundraising University. Let's continue here with uh, tonight's call. Where we're breaking down nine lessons from nine of college baseball's top coaches. We're taking a look here at lesson number four with Tim Corbin, baseball coach at Vanderbilt. I had a privilege of working with Corbs and the Commodores in 2006, 2007, had David Price, uh, who was national player of the year and the first overall pick in the, in the draft. One of those years, super privileged to have the chance to work with him. Biggest thing I think I picked up from coach Corbin is doing common things with uncommon attention to detail and effort. And some of the things that stuck out to me the most were just his relentless ability to measure things, how, how he would measure uh, quality contact and batting practice. And he'd make batting practice competitive by taking a drill that everyone does and measuring whether you hit the ball, uh, you know, hard or not. If you hit the ball with, with the exit velocity you were looking for or not. When I stayed at his house, he gave me a tour and we went into his closet and I've never seen a closet more organized in my life. Literally all the black shirts together, all the striped shirts together, all the white shirts together, hangers in the same way. And he would say, I, if, if there, once I wear a shirt, I turn the hanger the other way. And if after 90 days, the hanger isn't turned the other way, I'll, I'll give the clothing to goodwill. I'd never seen anything like it with a guy having that type of system. He would take his socks and he would say 1L, 1R, 2L, 2R, and wear them at the same time. And it was just a microcosm of the attention to detail and the effort doing common things uncommonly that became contagious in his program and allowed him in a very short period of time to take Vanderbilt, which was the Ivy League team in the SEC, was the worst baseball team in the SEC to be one of the best teams in the country. You see, with Coach Corbin, how you do anything is how you do everything. And he, he demonstrates with his life, he demonstrates in his program that excellence in small things is excellence in all things. From, like we talked about, practicing the national anthem. I remember the first day I walked in there to work with his team in 2006. I was going in in January and they were finishing up a baseball camp. And one of the things he did in the camp is he'd have 100 campers. Now, this is his team, but he'd have 100 campers lined up down the left field line, 100 campers lined up down the right field line, explaining what the national anthem is, why we play it, what it means, and teaching people how to stand for it. And I've never seen someone practice standing for the national anthem. That's, again, just a microcosm of the detail. Here's an example of batting practice, right, where you'll see – uh, the player's name and in, in batting practice defensively, right? So if we take a look at Ryan Flaherty here, number 22, who, who played, you know, a long time in the big leagues, how many putouts did he have? How many assists did he have? How many totally total chances? How many web gems? How many times did he dive? That was for like that previous day. And this was for like the total for the fall. So you got to see your fielding percentage. These were off live balls and batting practice, just the way that he measured things. Another one was when they would scrimmage, right? You talk about rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. When they would do an inter-squad scrimmage, they're not just playing zero-zero baseball. Who's going to touch home plate more? No, no, no. He's rewarding the process. So, for example, the pace of the game, right? If there was a, a guy who didn't hustle, it was two points for the other team. If there was a point where the team had energy and involvement, like everyone yelling back, got to pick off the first base, two points for that team. When the third out was made, if they got off the field in 10 seconds, outfielders, four seconds, infielders, they got plus two points for that team. If a pitcher ex executed an elevated competitive fastball, it was a point. If he uh, picked off a runner, it was two points. If he had a, a nine pitch inning, it was two points, right? Defensively, you see the different categories here and where they would get points. So at the end of the first inning, it might be in the runs column, zero, zero. In the hits column, it might be 50 to 48. In the errors column, it would be zero, zero. And what those points were, were process points. So regardless of the sport that you coach, find the process that you want to measure and know that measurement is motivation, rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. Takes us to coach number five, Gary Gilmore, head coach of the Coastal Carolina baseball program. And the thing we learned from Coach Gilmore is it's the best team never wins. It's the team who plays the best. Coach Gilmore at Coastal Carolina, when you grew up in that area, you, you want to go to Clemson. You want to go to South Carolina, right? I mean, they're in South Carolina. They should be the third best team in South Carolina. 
They don't have the budget, the facilities, the, the draw that a Clemson or a South Carolina has. But you know what? They were first in the nation in 2016, and they've been probably the best team in South Carolina since. And part of what he did is help clarify and implement a culture of selfless and relentless in ownership. So, he, so Coach Gilmore, here's a little clip of them winning the national championship and then listen to what he says after the game. Now, check this out. This is game three of the World Series. It's the bottom of the ninth against Arizona. Runners on second and third, three, two, two outs. Man, you can't get bigger, more intense than this. Get the heart beating a little faster right around now. Put yourself in the shoes of Alex Cunningham, who has never saved a game in 42 appearances. Pitchers never saved the game. Two coming to Ryan Hogg. He got him, and it's all over. Coastal Carolina. As a coach, man, this doesn't get you going. I don't know what does. That's their head coach. Gary Gilmore. Gary Gilmore can't believe it. There are tears in his eyes, and they'll be that way for a while. After 21 years, 21 years as head coach, he comes to Omaha for the first time, and he leaves a champion. Think about the road. For Coastal Carolina, as we look at the last pitch today by Alex Cunningham. Strikeout to end it, first career save. Coastal Carolina wins the national title. 21 years ago, Gary Gilmore took over as a head coach, and they didn't hardly have a field they could play on. Now they go back to Conway later on today, the national champs. That doesn't make you feel good, and this doesn't. Coach, how does it feel to live your dream? Oh, I, I can't tell you. The last three innings, all I've been doing is folding my hands at third, and I'm going to dug out and praying to God that this is this is His will. And I know my I know my dad's up there. I lost him two years ago, and I I wanted him so bad that he couldn't be here to be with me. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry he isn't, but I know he's watching over me right now. Your coaches embraced you as you came out of the dugout. It looked like they were about to take you down to the ground. Uh, what words have been shared? Uh, we just we, just, we we love one another. You know, our families are close. To, to, it's just it's, it's just who we are. It's I think it's where those kids get that feeling of brotherhood from us because we're all so close. What are your feelings for the kids on this team? Uh, <laughs> it's indescribable. You know, it's. No, no doubt in my mind, I hope they don't take this personally. We're, we're not the most talented team in America. We're just the national champion. That's all Boom. I know. That's all that matters. We're not the most talented team in America. We're just the national champions. And when they win the national championship in 2016, the following year, right, January 2017, Gary Gilmore, when you win the national championship in college baseball, you get to be the first speaker at the ABCA National Convention. I had the chance to see him out there. Got this great picture. I'd worked with him on and off since 2010. And as the keynote speaker, he talked about something that we implemented in 2010, being a culture of selfless and relentless, right? Being a culture of this is what it looks like in school, in community, in practice, and in games. Being very clear in your program, go back to Skip Bertman, very clear in your program with the vision of what it looks like. Go back to Tim Corbin, being uncommon with doing common things, talking about basic behaviors, like talking in your chair, not dipping in class, right? Doing extra work in their locker room. After they won the national championship, they had a facility overhaul. Here's a carpet inside of their locker room, selfless and relentless.
advertising their two core principles. Here's Coach Gilmore at the 2017 NCAA or the ABCA National Convention, and he can talk about anything he wants. And what is he talking about? He's talking about selfless and relentless in a meeting that we had in 2010 that six years before they win the national championship is still having an impact on the program. Brian Kane. I'm sure a lot of you have heard his name. Brian Kane came into our program in 2010, made an incredible influence on our program. A lot of things that we have and things I'm going to show you here in a few minutes that uh, he is responsible for, and uh, you know, I'll be forever grateful to him. The next thing in developing a sound strategy is that you've got to create a sense of ownership. Right here is one of Brian Kane's handyman works right here. He came up with two mantra words for us, selfless and relentless. And the way he did it when he first met with us, we spent four hours in a room. And if you can imagine a group of baseball players in a room for four hours, no one got up to pee, no one left the room, they're locked in for four hours. We've got two dry erase boards, the length of the, 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 the classroom we're in. And Brian has each kid write down, as well as each coach, write down five words that describe what a coastal baseball player is. Every guy had to stand up, call out their five words. He wrote them all on the board. And then at the end, he started mixing the matching. This one means this, 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 and this, this. And at the end of four hours, we became a selfless and relentless organization. From that moment on, we have been that. Every single day, it's all we ever talked about. They took and put those into what it looks like when you're in a classroom, when you're in school, when you're in the community. All the different settings that you can be in as a baseball player, how do you show yourself as being selfless and relentless? The kids and he did this. It's who they want to be. Not who I say they need to be. It's who they say they want to be. That's their ownership. When we ever have an issue with being selfless or relentless, I use that to throw back at them. You guys, this is what you said you wanted to be. You don't act like that, then that's when I have a problem with it. And it's been an incredible thing for us through the years. So we're talking about creating, creating a culture, right? That meeting was on October 5, 2009. Here he is in January 2017 talking about a team meeting we did in October of 2009, creating a culture. Look, as a coach coming off of this call, if there's one thing that you do, and I hope there's a lot of ideas and there's a lot of coaches on this call, so everyone's going to take something different. It's like going to a buffet. But take the idea of identifying what is your revs? What is your selfless and relentless in your program? And that takes us to coach number six, Cliff Godwin, who's the baseball coach at East Carolina and has taken over that program and helped turn them into one of the premier programs in the country. And Cliff Godwin would say, hey, don't just have a mission statement, be on a mission. And we talk about being on a mission. He says, again, it comes back. It's like Rebs. It's selfless and relentless. Who are you? And for them, he talks about pirates. But to know about the pirates mission and to know about 1% better, you have to know the coach that Cliff Godwin played for. As we talk about coaching matters, the coach he played for a guy named Keith LeClaire. This is a book I want every coach to pick up on Amazon. Keith LeClaire was a baseball coach at East Carolina who passed away of ALS. And every year they play a game in the Keith LeClaire Classic where they wear number 23. Cliff Godwin wears number 23 in his honor. Eric Backich, the coach at Michigan who we had on the last call with Coaching Matters, played for Keith LeClaire, wears number 23. And when you read this book, you will see what it means to be a transformational coach. You will see what it means to build better people through your program. If you get nothing else off of this call, please read this book. Cliff gave it to me at East Carolina. I read it on a flight home and I'm on the plane bawling because I'm like, I wanted to play for a guy like that. That's the kind of coach that I want to be. Tremendous book. And if you understand Coach LeClaire and you understand toughness and you understand being relentless and you understand not making excuses but finding a way to make it happen, you'd understand Cliff Godwin. Here's his press conference. When he takes over, he is setting a vision. He is saying, we're going to do uncommonly, un, uh, common things uncommonly well. He's going to say, we're going to have a set of core principles. We're going to be pirates. And you're going to hear him explain what pirates means and then define what each of those core principles means.
Um, something I kind of came up with uh, with some help, but it's something I, I want our guys to kind of think about as a lifestyle, but it's an acronym, Pirates. And uh, the P stands for purpose. We want to have a plan and a reason why. When you start coaching, you know, kids in this age, it's much different than when I was coming through and some of my teammates where you could just tell somebody to do something and they just did it. But now you got to explain to them why we're doing it. Why is it going to make them better? Why is it going to make them a better person? And we're going to talk about that every single day. I, integrity. I want guys to do things the right way on and off the field, even when no one's watching. And uh, we're going to develop principles and plans to make sure that happens. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect kids. None of us were when we were coming through school here. We want people to do things the right way all the time. R is responsible. Um, you have the power to choose your response. Um, each day we'll be faced with situations, uh, decisions, but you can always choose your response. You know, the uh, things you're faced with will always be positive, but you can always have a positive response. You're going to get knocked down. you got to get back up. And uh, we'll talk about that all the time. A, attitude. I want guys to be energy givers. I don't want people to be energy vampires. I want people to bring energy to our program that are associated with it. Our staff will and our players will as well. T, toughness. The ability to embrace adversity on and off the field. The game of baseball, as you guys know, is a game of failure. It's tough. Life's tough. And we're going to teach these guys how to embrace that and move forward. And they'll uh, do that in a positive manner. Uh, e, excellence, being at your best every day, but not only on the baseball field, but in the classroom. If you're a 3-5 student, be a 3-5 student. If you're a 2-7-5 student, be a 2-7-5 student. And then in the community, Greenville is a baseball community. We've got to get our guys out there. We've got to read to elementary schools. We've got to help with uh, underprivileged kids. We've got to do all that stuff because if we do that, they'll have more confidence and they'll play better on the baseball field. And then one of the most important ones, S, selfless, we over me. It takes 35 guys in Division I baseball to compete for a national championship. Obviously, everyone has a different role. I want our guys to execute those roles, not accept them. If you're a pinch hitter, execute it to the best of your ability, but don't accept it because we need you to want to be a starter. But you have to do it in a positive way, and we're going to play for the East Carolina Pirates on the front of our uniform, not the name on the back of our uniform. I mean, so, so much goodness there. And one of the last things he says about being selfless, right, is, we're, we're, is I want you to execute your role, don't accept it. And so many times as coaches, we say, hey, accept your role for the team. No, no, execute your role for the team, but want your role to be, to be, the, to be the lead player, to be the cleanup hitter, to be the quarterback. But whatever we're asking you to do, if it's pick up sunflower seeds, if it's be a bullpen catcher, do it to the best of your ability. Execute your role, don't accept it and continue to get better, continue to get 1% better. And here's Cliff talking about getting 1% better. Really proud of our guys for just sticking together when, you know, we've faced some adversity with different guys missing time with injuries. I think we've done a really good job getting closer to one another and learning one another uh, and spending more time with one another, which I think has helped us play better because we understand how and what makes guys tick. When a call doesn't go our way, when we make an error, when we give up a hit, throw a bad pitch or strike out, we've got to flip the switch and get back in the present moment better. I think we've done a pretty good job, but we can continue to get better. It's a hard game and you have to have a short memory, you know, good or bad, you have to have a short memory. So we have to do a better job of staying in the present moment. 1% of the total minutes in 24 hours is 14 minutes. and. I think 24 seconds. So our guys are taking 15 minutes of their day and really working on the mental game. And I think that is something that we've been focused on over the past week, which has helped a lot of guys. The saying goes that baseball's 90% mental, it's probably 99% mental and 1% physical. So that's important for our guys to focus on. All right, so he's talking about getting 1% better, investing 14 minutes and 24 seconds of your day, which is 1% of your day, right? So anyone on this call, here's a challenge to you or an invitation, whichever one's going to get you more excited. Challenge invitation. Can you intentionally invest 14 minutes and it's not can you, <laughs> will you invest 14 minutes and 24 seconds of your day into yourself? 
For some of you that may be exercise, for some of you that may be meditation, for some of you that may be reading, for some of you that may be getting off your phone and connecting with your family, your loved ones, your team, whoever it is, whatever it is invest 1% of your day. If you want to get 1% better, better, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens by intention. Another way that you can work to get better in your program is looking at saying, okay, if I want to get 1% better, maybe I need to identify what are our core principles, right? Here, Cliff talked about pirates. You've heard about revs. You've heard about selfless and relentless at Coastal Carolina, right here. And I'm going to send you all this. When you go to briancanecom slash nine lessons, I'm going to send you all of this. So you have this to go by and can study it. Cause I know we're talking fast. I wanted to give you as much content as possible. And I know sometimes that can get overwhelming. Again, I'm going to send this to you in nine different emails over the course of the next couple of weeks to just make it more digestible. But if you look here, Cliff has the vision for his team, get 1% better every day, win a national championship. He's got a motto for that year, toughness over talent. He's got the, the core principles and the definitions of what it means to be a pirate. See, it's not happening by accident. It's happening by intention. Another Keith LeClaire baseball player who you heard from last week, Eric Backich. And we'll make sure we send you the, a copy of that Coaching Matters call. Uh, one of the things that Coach Backich does, again, uses the Coaching Third book with his team. And he is intentional about, about teaching character and leadership skills. As you caught last time on Coaching Matters, he, he talked a lot about using a classroom to teach character and leadership that are trained skills. So you'll see him use a classroom. And he'll every week for 30 minutes or so have a life lesson that he teaches in that classroom. You'll also see that, you know, his goal is really clear is to help every player and every team reach their maximum potential. That's how they define success. So one of the key things that you could do is, is define success for your program, define success for yourself as a coach, because if you don't have an operational written down definition of success, you know, what's going to define it for you, the scoreboard. You know what that makes you? Transactional. Let's not do that. Let's make sure our, our goal as a coach is bigger than the scoreboard and realize that if we want to have a really good team, we have to have a bunch of really good teammates. He also talks about the total development of the person, of the student, and of the player and going in that order because better people become better students. And when you're a better student, you become a better player because as a student, a lot of times you do the things you don't want to do. You do the th common things everyone does, but with uncommon effort. Other thing I love that Coach Backage does, which any coach on this team can do to help tie together the history of your program, is every year he gives a, uh, his team a number. And that number this year in 2019, when they went to the World Series and were runner-up one game from winning the national championship, was the 153rd team in the history of Michigan baseball. So you might be a coach at a high school. I know when I was a high school athletic director, we had a football coach who was a coach of team one. He's still the coach there now as the coach of team 13. And a lot of times, you know, what he'll do is he'll have alumni come back and talk to the team. And they'll say, hey, this guy was a starting quarterback on team number two. And they'll talk about what team number two was and what it was like when they didn't have a locker room, didn't have a field, weren't funded by the school. And now they have a great field, a great locker room. They're fully funded and the differences and reminding those current players of the history of the program and where they came from and how far they've come. Assigning your team a number is a great way to connect their tradition of your program. Now, Pat Casey, who was a three-time national championship winning coach at Oregon State, who had the privilege to work with for a couple of years up in Corvallis. He would say, if you want better competitors, compete more in practice. And that was something that I noticed first when I went to work with Coach Casey there was their practices were like 20% drill, 80% competition. And the drills might be competition, right? There might be two different teams doing the same drill, the offense versus defense. You're taking batting practice and you're trying to beat the infielders. And then you would switch and the, everything was competitive. And I asked him, I said, Case, how come you guys compete so much in practice? He goes, look, our guys are going to be good at making excuses or they're going to be good at winning. And we want to find out who the winners are. And he would literally keep track of every competition, whether it was, you know, offense versus defense or conditioning competition or rock, paper, scissors competition. And he'd find out who the winners were. He's like, who are the guys that always find a way to win? They're not the most talented. They're the toughest. And this is where the concept of toughness over talent first came to light for me. And 
he wanted to play his biggest winners. And he kept track of winning in competition every day. Andy Jenkins, who was a player and an assistant with Coach Casey, now an assistant coach at the University of Washington, where I worked with Jenks there and had a chance to work with him uh, both at Oregon State and when he was an assistant at Cal State Fullerton. I asked Coach Jenks, I said, tell me about Pat Casey. How would you summarize it? And he said, Coach Casey's the ultimate competitor. He blocked out all the noise. He didn't need any limelight. He was a three-time national championship winning coach. He just loved to compete. Number nine, Jim Slosnagel. Jim Slosnagel was the longest standing coach that I've worked with. I started to work with him in 2006 when he was an assistant at TCU. I've been with him from TCU to Team USA to now as the head coach in year one at Texas A&M. And the biggest lesson I took away from Coach Slosnagel was the compound effect of leaving it better than you found it. And it's amazing for what, 06 to 2000, I'm still going to TCU now with Coach Charles there. So let's call it 06 to 2000, 2001 actually is when Coach, summer of 01 is when he went to, to A&M. So in 15 years of going there, I think every single time I went to campus, sometimes once a year, sometimes as many as four or five times a year, there was always something improved in the program. Coach Slosnagel, relentless with the details, relentless with little things, micro gains, the compound effect, a book by Darren Hardy, which I recommend you check out, uh, is a book that he would go through with his team every year. So one of the things that was we talk about Coach Slosnagel, right, this book right here, The Compound Effect, we're actually doing this as a quote-unquote win the winter book study with his Texas A&M baseball team. And if you go into uh, the chat here, I'm going to post a link to an, an app called Optimize. And Optimize with my friend Brian Johnson uh, used to be about $200 a year, and now it's free. I just posted a link inside of the chat. And Optimize is a book summary of some of the best books out there. There's probably 700 books that get summarized, 20-minute audios, six-page PDF documents, and the compound effect is in there. So last week, Coach Backage showed, Back showed probably 20 books that he goes through and uses in his program over the course of his time there, and more than 75% of them are in the Optimize app. So again, if you go to optimize.me slash Kane, you can get that app for free uh, and create an account for free. But the Compound Effect book is one of the ones that Coach Schlossnagel uses every year. We used it with Team USA in 2013. And it's one that I know that you'll love to use in your program. Other thing that, that he does is he uses a strategy called signs of success. Again, this can be one of the simple ones that you use in your program is whether it's in the dugout, whether it's in the locker room, whether it's in the team meeting room. I mean, this is at TCU right? They take pieces of paper, laminate them and hang them up in the dugout with mindsets. Then he would say for this team, part of the mindset was, so what? Other team gets three runs in the first inning. So what? Umpire's bad call. So what? It's raining. So what? He said, you can make excuses or make it happen. You can't do both. So the, so what mentality was a sign of success. He hung up in the dugout near the bat rack. He'd hang up signs like trust your routine. He'd hang up signs like one pitch warrior. He'd hang up signs like get big, meaning get big with your body language. And those were ways that he would advertise to his team. The compound effect he would put into play, leaving it better than you found it. So to summarize, here's the nine lessons learned. We talked first about uh, Skip Bertman. Without a vision, your people, your program, your career will perish. So make sure you're talking about the vision for your program every day. Coach Mike Bianco at Ole Miss, who played and coached with Skip, talked about creating systems for consistency, telling stories, identifying your program values, focusing on the next 200 feet. Augie Garrido, five-time national championship, would say the process is nameless, faceless, and fearless. Play against yourself, play against the game. Tim Corbin, the coach at Vanderbilt, do, the do common things with uncommon attention to detail and effort. Gary Gilmore, coach at Coastal Carolina, who has the third, should have the third best program in South Carolina, best program in the nation in 2016. The best team doesn't win. It's the team who plays the best. Selfless, relentless. Coach Godwin, East Carolina, don't just have a mission statement, be on a mission. Eric Backage, character and leadership are trainable skills. Use a classroom with your team to teach life skills, the character and leadership that you want. Otherwise, you'll get the leadership that you get, and it's probably not going to be at the level you want it to be. So you have to train leadership. You have to train character. Coach Pat Casey, if you want better competitors, compete more in practice. And Coach Schlossnagel, this compound effect, small, slow, daily, everyday decisions to be able to leave it better than you found it. Again, I want to share with you 
a copy of these slides and all the resources mentioned, just go to briancane.com slash nine lessons uh, to be able to get all those resources. We'll send those out to you by email over the course of the next couple of weeks. Again, want to thank Fundraising University uh, for, for being able to you know, allow us to come together on this group coaching program. And you guys know that Fundraising University is always looking for individuals who are competitive, self-starters, empathetic, organized, and teachable so they can partner with. And for our current coaches, again, if you contact Co uh, Mike Bahoon at mbahoon at fundraisingu.net to inquire about assistant coach or area representative positions open within Fundraising University, that can be a great opportunity for you to make an additional income while helping coaches and helping programs in, in your area. So inside of the chat, I'm going to post, um, post that link so you can get a hold of Matt or I'm sorry, Matt, get a hold of Mike Bahoon. And now I just want to kind of open this up for, for any questions that coaches might have inside of our chat here. Uh, maybe go in and let's take some questions. Or if you would, maybe post, what's the one lesson that stuck out to you the most? Right, we had nine lessons and a ton of strategies from some of the top baseball coaches I've ever had a chance to be around. So what are some of the questions or what are some of the, the lessons that you took away? And as we're in our chat here, typing in kind of some of the questions or some of the lessons that we took away, you know, Coach Rich talks about the importance of culture. You know, Adam talked about having an absolute clear vision, right? Without a vision, the people will perish. So let's, you know, make sure that we set up that clear vision, uh, not making excuses, but finding a way to make it happen. Alex mentioned from Coach Cliff Godwin. Tamara talked about, you know, the energy uh, with rock, paper, scissors, and using that as part of your practice to get it going, right? So at, a, at one of our live events, I always like to get it started with rock, paper, scissors. I've done it with groups of 10. I've done it with groups of, of 1,000. And it's fun because, you know, they just roll, and the next thing you know, the energy's huge, and it's just a different way to start and a great way to start. Um, you know, Sean Kane talked about the importance of having a vision. And a vision is where are we going? Selling that vision. Stories create a vision. Selfless and relentless, a program identity creates a vision. Uh, John talked about the importance of the compound effect, you know, and, and Tyler, uh, Coach Whitebread mentioned the process points. And in, in your sport, what I want you to think about is in your next game, what are process points that you can measure, right? Regardless of the sport that you're coaching, what's something that you can do to measure those? Um, you know, uh, David mentioned systems and stories. And if you just simply go uh, onto to Google and you type in Mike Bianco stories, you'll see videos of him probably sharing close to 10 stories. Old Miss did for a while, a little breakout of like every week they would show, share a uh, Coach Bianco story of him talking to the team. Um, you know, Eric talked about vision. Uh, Coach Corinne talked about defining success and competing in practice. Love that. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Moon talked about executing your role, not accepting it. I think that's something that we all can use in our team. So many times we hear, hey, execute your or, or accept your role. Well, don't accept your role unless it's the role that you want, but execute the role that you have for the betterment of your team. Doing uncommon things uncommonly well. Coach McCoy, uh, Coach Rubin talked about systems and stories. You know, Jeff mentioned executing your role to the fullest. And Coach Effinger, everything happens twice first in your mind, then in reality. So what I want to encourage you to do, a couple of things coming off of tonight's call. Again, go to briancane.com slash nine lessons. I'm going to send you the handouts, the PowerPoint slides for today. We're going to send you a summary of each coach over the course of the next week so you can digest it again. We're also going to send you a link to the video of tonight's call and the audio podcast so you can go through it again on your own. Head over to... to uh, optimize.me slash Kane to get your free optimize account and go to briancane.com slash coaching dash matters dash free to enter our raffle to uh, get a free 30 minute one-on-one -on -one coaching session that you can use at your discretion. Just you and me, you, me and your staff, you, me and your whole program, however you want to do it. We're, we're making that available. Special thanks to coach Mike Bahoon and fundraising university for making that available for our coaches. So uh, again, you know, Chris, they keep coming in, man. I love it. Coach Chris mentioned about, you know, 1% of your day, 14 minutes and 24 seconds, investing that 1% of your day, 1% of your day can be 
look reviewing one of these coaches lessons. 1% of your day can be selling the vision of your program to your players through a daily message. 1% of your day can be hopefully uh, if you if you go back to our chat here, I have a daily podcast, which some of you I know people join coaching matters at all different times. I have a daily podcast three minutes a day that you can check out. We have every one of our coaching matters sessions that we've done from Dr. Barry Davis to Hall of Fame coach Leslie Huntington to Zach Sorensen, the mental performance coach with the Atlanta Braves to uh, Mick Aoki, who was a baseball coach at Boston College, Notre Dame, now Moorhead State to Tim Albertson, a four-time state championship winning coach in Vermont to Eric Backage, the head coach of the University of Michigan. All those calls have been recorded and they are in the Coaching Matters podcast. So part of what your day may be, right, that 1% intention might be, you know what I'm going to do when I'm in the car, I'm going to go through the Coaching Matters podcasts, and I'm just going to listen to these great coaches talk. So inside of our chat, I posted a link to the Coaching Matters podcast. Again, we'll send out the recall recording of this. Great to see everybody. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you again in 2022. Stay with us in the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program, and we'll be sure we send out the schedule to you for those calls in 2022. Until then, hey, let's not count the days. Let's make the days count. Let's not, let's not have a mission. Let's be on a mission, right? Every day, let's work to get 1% better. Or whatever we do, man, let's do it big. Let's serve others. Let's not be transactional. Let's be transformational. The greatest gift that you have been given is to be called coach. Take that seriously. And every day realize you impact more people in one day, one day as a coach than most people do in their entire lifetime. So take that seriously, change lives, and let's get after this thing and make 2022 the best year ever. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please Give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.